days ago you made fun of me for dvring a spring training game a rerun of a spring training game so that i could watch two innings of noah Syndergaard versus justin verlander because i was occupied at the time of the game (laughs) (laughs) we're at that point of the year that's where we are it is march we're ready (laughs) we take anything we can get at this point i've never felt better being made fun of for something i was so (laughs) proud of that baseball's back or some form of it at least yeah the weird like short Two innings, everyone looks good form of it. Yeah. Or everyone looks really bad, like Steven Matz today. I know. I'm I look at like pitcher matchups and I'm like, this is awesome. And I watch the game. I like miss the first inning and the the pitcher's getting pulled in the second already, and I'm like, this is all right, this is pointless. Uh how you feeling? I'm feeling good. There's fun stuff happening around the league. Um and we're gonna talk about that a little bit. How you feel about the A's though? That's the real question. Because I feel I'm feeling very up and down about the Mets because I had Syndergaard doing like a shirtless interview. I'm not sure. Was Syndergaard shirtless? Can you confirm this? I don't know. Based off every single tweet that I saw for like 36 hours, was Syndergaard shirtless? Uh, Did you see the video of him running also? (laughs) I think it was from today. Every single press conference that he gives, he's out of breath. Yeah. Do they only interview him after he's done doing wind sprints? Like, I don't get it. Or is he just like always worked up because if it's the latter i'm very concerned about his health yeah is he like trying to do some weird controlling his breathing shit that's i mean good for him if he is i have a friend who's a trainer and he swears by that he's always posting like three and a half minute snapchats i have i have cut four open on my computer right now and literally one of the first stories i see is a second look at noah Syndergaard's recent shirtless interview session a second look do we get it from wasn't enough can we get it from a different angle (laughs) before i could i had a really good i had an eagle eye view of his right bicep but i need his left try (laughs) i don't know i'm into it it's fine he looks great sure he you know he was touching triple digits so is he ever not touching triple digits i feel like when he wakes up if he tosses like his shirt into the laundry basket it hits triple digits yeah i don't know (laughs) everyone's like he should he should chill out he should not throw so hard. He's going to hurt himself again. I'm like, this is just how hard he throws. Like, yeah. he's not trying to throw as hard as he possibly can. Because I think he could probably touch, like, 104, 105. And some pitchers are just, like, ready to go on day one of spring training. Like, pitchers have different training regimens and everything. Like, if he's throwing 100, you shouldn't be worried about that. You should be worried if he's throwing 92. Yeah, well, you should be mega worried if he's throwing 92. You should be like, his lap's already torn. I think people are just going to be worried no matter what, if we're being honest. Like, if he's throwing 100, if he's throwing 93, people are just going to be like, is Syndergaard okay? You know who's not okay? Who? It looks like Steven Matz. Yeah. I'm worried. I'm officially freaked out. Yep. Okay, wait. Before we get into Mets mania and spring training and we talk about some of those other things, I want to give a quick shout out. We had a few, so a few weeks back we did uh, baseball reality show ideas. Uh, and we even asked Erin Dolan when we had her on for one of her baseball reality show ideas, which ended up being better than all of ours. But anyway, we had a couple submissions for ideas. 
of baseball reality shows that we should also pitch in our like mass email to every PR firm for every production company in the United States when we're just going to send it out real quick. It's like, we have these ideas. You can commission them if you want. So we got an email from commish at tapybeercone.com. Go check them out, tapybeercone.com. They <laughs> invented their own game. Uh, the show is titled Swigging for the Fences. Shout out to them. They were really nice in their email and... Uh, I really enjoy this idea. This email was long, and I respect the commitment because I would not have had the energy or time to sit down and <laughs> actually plan out like a full step-by-step implementation of the show. Not only this, we could. This is like the pitch email. Yeah. Like this is what you said to the yeah, production it, studio. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, basically, okay. So the show is titled "Swigging for the Fences." It's basically like you go around to every MLB city and you pick a player and you just go out and drink. As far as I understand it, uh, with a player and talk about their career and talk about things they like and talk about ways that they've, he says, ways that they've assimilated into life in that particular part of the country. And as the social lubricants start to work their magic, we'd hopefully get them to answer a few embarrassing questions. So it's basically like one of the sit down shows, not unlike Fielder's Choice, where they're sitting around talking about their careers and what they like outside of baseball and that kind of thing. And then at the end, after everyone's drunk, they go play a game of tapey beer cone, which I don't need to go into the full detail of it because they have it on their website. But it's basically just you create a ball out of beer cans and you play baseball. So I seems mean, like a good idea. I want to see drunk baseball players who have just revealed embarrassing things about themselves. Yeah, I'm into it. That sounds fun. I would probably watch a show like that. He asked at the end, he basically says the assumption is that they would get to host it because they made the game tapey beer cone that seems fair i respect it but then he says <laughs> uh if the network greenlighting this endeavor doesn't think two nobodies with zero hosting experience or familiarity with the mlb or its players will have the firepower to host big mistake on their part listen two guys with zero experience is basically this podcast so i'm with you on this one but yep. he asks for suggestions for who to host it he posits david wells or wade boggs just someone who's like a very infamous oh <laughs> a very infamous drinker mlb drinker wade boggs <laughs> he'd be the worst host ever uh let's see josh beckett that's pretty good yeah yeah john lackey just <laughs> everyone from that red sox the, that's, just, that's just what my mind the goes and chicken. honestly fernando would be good at this yeah he would fernando Perez, who we had on a previous episode uh, he but he hosts like real videos for Vice and yeah, that's Bleacher like, Report that's and like, stuff. That's, that's like, like journalism. He's overqualified <laughs> to do this show. I mean, this is like this is perfect for Prince. Yeah, I could get behind that. I again, I would watch a show like this. I don't have much to add, but I'm into it. And again, I respect the effort that they put into this. Uh, uh, I like at the end of his email, he says. We're really excited for a Chicago episode where we start at Wrigley and go on a whirlwind tour of the city's bars with Rizzo and Baez. Sounds great. Uh, and you'd really want to tune in for the San Francisco episode when Pence challenges Bumgarner to a chugging contest. Don't worry. Pence's beers were all gluten-free. <laughs> <laughs> I really respect that he's keeping to the, what, Paleolithic diet that Pence is supposed to be on. Sure. Whatever we said that he was on in the all-gentrification team episode. Uh, I respect that. Anyway... Shout out to you, Commissioner of Tapey Beer Cone. We appreciate the email and the idea that we're going to steal and put in our mass email. <laughs> uh, but it doesn't stop there. We had two other submissions for the reality shows um, from one of my friends from back home. Number one, baseball reality show idea. Diners, drive-ins, and dive style hosting of AAA and AA and Major League and College Parks with that dude from the Giants who died 
who had the dyed beard. That's what he said to me. I'm assuming he means Brian Wilson, which would be insane. Can you imagine DD with Brian Wilson? Uh, I just want to say this is an incredible idea. <laughs> like this is, this is. He just shits out great ideas. Like I understand for small businesses and TV shows and stuff like that. He throws this stuff off the cuff all the time. This is just a better, like no offense, Prince Fielder, but it's just a better version of Prince Fielder's <laughs> show. <laughs> but I especially like how he said. You go around to like AAA parks and try the food and sit down there with them because yeah. that's like that would be very visually appealing too to be able to see the park and to like sit in the stands and 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 you yeah. you get outside of the normal baseball cities that you're seeing because you have minor league stadiums in the most random places and minor league games are arguably way more fun than major league games just the vibe and the on field antics and some of the strange food i mean you could do it at the major league level if you really wanted to but the minor I'm league sure that's the minor, done before. the minor league aspect would be a lot of fun yeah. i think the minor league part or even the college part too would be really interesting because it's like the stadiums are less commercialized so you get a more generic or you get a more authentic feel especially food wise just sitting in the stands and feeling you're sitting with real people not just touristy kind of things uh, I feel like you'd get that a lot more. It'd also be a lot more indie to go around and do minor league stuff rather than just going to every major league park that most people have already reported and known for a while. Anyway, I really like that idea. Second idea, same person. Shout out to you, Roman. You're the best. Uh, another show idea, Pawn Stars Baseball Memorabilia with that player who collects signed baseball cards that you mentioned on the podcast. Pat Neshek? Pawn Stars with Pat Neshek, Baseball Memorabilia Edition. Good God. This would go in a million different directions. <laughs> He'd probably try to throw hands with some people. Yeah. Anyway, if you missed that from the first time, it was basically just Pat Neshek tried to fight Zach Greinke, more or less. Because Over Zach, autograph. <laughs> because Zach Greinke wouldn't sign a ball for him. Anyway, both are all three great ideas. Thank you to those who submitted. And if you, have, if you think that you can top those ideas, feel free to email us at tippingpitchespod at gmail.com. All that being said, back to spring training. Yeah, so we're starting to get first glimpses of some guys that we have been looking forward to in a while. Notably, the one and only Shohei Otani made his debut in an Angels uniform. We all got very excited about that. We saw him pitch. We saw him hit. We saw a glimpse of the future that is Otani time, and I'm excited. I I just want to give a special... Shout out to all the people making the the DH joke on Twitter when uh, MLB or Cut4 or whatever tweeted something out being like, we saw him pitch yesterday and we're going to see him hit today. And everyone quote tweeting it being like, do you know there's a thing called the National League? <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate that because we're not going to have this argument right now, but eventually we will. We're just going to keep teasing it. We will have a fight over the DH, which I don't believe in and you do. Yeah. But it was incredible to see him, honestly. It was just... I hope that he continues to be this one-man highlight machine that we've seen from him. Just ridiculous hook on his whatever that is. I guess it's a curveball. I guess it's a slider. And, you know, touching upper mid to upper 90s. The thing that I was really impressed, though, in watching him was his plate discipline. He drew a few walks and then, like, hit one the other way or, like, hit through the shift in his first game batting. And, I don't know, at least for me, I would be kind of nervous coming over and knowing that the reason that 90% of the people who are watching this spring training game is just to see you. I'd be a little nervous about that. Uh, yeah. Although, it didn't matter for Ronald Acuna and Miguel Andujar, who <laughs> are just the best baseball players of all time, knowing that everyone's watching spring training for them. Yeah, for real. Yeah, sh- uh, Otani looks really good, um, and he's going to be a- an incredible pitcher to watch. 
like I don't have much more analysis to add to that. I think the consensus <laughs> is that he's going to be a better pitcher than hitter, and which is why he's you know only a part time hitter. But still, looking forward to it. Also, very quickly climbing the ranks in cutest baseball players. He is he is an attractive man, objectively. <laughs> <laughs> he's also so young. I know he's, he's like our age. He's like twenty three. It's such it's such bullshit. I know. We're so untalented. This is <laughs> See, this is the time of year when we see all the young prospects who come up and I go and I search them and I go to their fangraphs page and their baseball reference page and I see that they're born in like 96, they're born in 98 and I'm just like, what have I done with my life? <laughs> I'm sitting in a basement talking about these players. Yeah. Gushing about them. Yeah. He's an attractive man objectively. <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna have we're gonna like break the Guinness Book of World Records for most hard eyes emojis used about a single player yes. this year, and it's gonna be about Otani. Absolutely, I love him. Yeah. Speaking of baseball players who are good, <laughs> uh, Gary Sanchez. I was watching the Yankees because I mean we get Yes Network and everybody freaks out about Stanton and Judge and Sanchez and all of them hitting back to back to back, and so I turned on their first spring training game, and. You know, Judge made an out. I think Stanton hit a single, or it was like a bloop single or something. It's very fitting that Stanton's first hit with the Yankees was a weak bloop single to the opposite field, like Derek Jeter or some shit. And Gary Sanchez comes up, first pitch he sees, it's like right in his sweet spot, that low, because he has that long swing that's kind of like an uppercut, and he just has ridiculously large and strong forearms. And he just muscles it out of, literally out of the whole field. It goes out of the park, over the fence in left field. And he's like, oh, yeah. You thought Stanton was going to be the storyline? <laughs> nah, I'm just going to hit one 490 feet in, on the first live pitch that I see in spring training. So, yeah, the Yankees are going to be good. Uh, real quick, put you on the spot a little bit. We have now had, in 2016 and 2017, the Yankees have had a player break out and become Barry Bonds. In 2016, it was Gary Sanchez. 20... Break out and become Barry Bonds. <laughs> 2017. They just have three different Barry Bonds on their team. 27. I mean, they almost do. Let's be real. <laughs> uh, 2017, it was Aaron Judge, obviously. Who's going to be this year? Who's your pick? Who's going oh, to be the God. guy who takes the league by storm and everyone's like, this is not fair. How, does, how do they keep developing the best hitters in all of baseball? Okay, wait. Can I ask like a parameters question? Do you mean takes the... Takes the MLB by storm just by mashing home runs a la Barry Bonds? Like, does it have to be Aaron Judge and Gary Sanchez style, or can he take the league by storm in a he's playing well? Or does he have to hit like 55 home runs? Because I don't think they're going to have a third player break out and hit 55 home runs. Maybe? You, like, you really <laughs> never know. At this point, like, <laughs> I, I was thinking more along the lines of like, this guy breaks out for a month or two and, you know, hits 20 home runs in May, and everyone's like, he's the you know, forthcoming of Bonds. Uh, I mean, I, well, I, have, I suppose you can interpret it however you I, want. I probably have to say Greg Bird, right? I mean, he, if he stays healthy, right, he has the power, and he's the only one that could really break out and do that. Potentially Aaron Hicks, too, if he stays healthy as well. He kind of already has. Like, he was great last year before yeah, he got hurt. Yeah, he was, like, breaking out. But I feel like not a lot of people were talking about him because he was not playing consistently enough, and he didn't, you know, hit 50 set four home runs or whatever Aaron Judge ended up hitting. At, at a certain point, like... The Yankees don't have any more players to break out. Didi Gregorius already broke out. <laughs> I mean, Judge, I, Andujar Sanchez. could break out if yeah. the, he comes up. You know, yeah. they're not going to bring him up immediately because they're going to manipulate his playing time like all terrible organizations do. But if he, when he, if slash when he comes up, he'll probably have the spot at third base because they don't really have anyone playing 
ahead of him unless they uh, also bring up Claybert Torres who and put him at third base. So like they don't even have spots for all these guys. No, they really Where are they going to play? Yeah. I guess they could move Gregorius over to second or Tore or not Torres or Torres over to second. Torres, he's going to be the one to break out. That's my take. <laughs> Ronald Torres is going to hit 50 home runs. But yeah, they're really running out of spots for people to break out. Everyone's already broken. They're just good. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you on Bird, though. Remember in 2015, he was like the hyped guy. Yeah. Everyone was like... He, he was like Joey Gallo before Joey Gallo, except he can actually hit. Yeah, actually. <laughs> and then he got hurt. He doesn't strike out 43% of the time. <laughs> do you remember... Side note, and we'll get back to spring training, but do you remember when Greg Bird got hurt and he was like taking a really long time to come back from his injury? And then, Oh my God, I know where you're going with this, and I'm already mad. And then there was like the Yankees front office executive who came out and made the anonymous comment who was like... It really just seems like he doesn't want to come back. And it's like, are you are, are you serious right now? Is, I was that's, furious. That's your take? I was furious when I saw that. Not, I mean, and like, especially for Greg Bird, who everyone knew he was trying so hard to come back and hated not playing and was so frustrated because he had gotten hurt. And then he came back for like 20 games and he got hurt in a weird way again. Yeah. Uh, the, the cherry on top is that it was anonymous. Like you're not even going to put your name behind this. Like that's the most annoying thing is when you get guys who come out and talk trash on their own players. But they're like, but I'm going to do it with anonymity because, you know. Where did that story appear? Was it the New York Post? It's probably the New York Post. Yeah, let's be real, probably. <laughs> or the Daily News. <laughs> anyway, I also just really like Greg Bird. Before we get back to spring training in general, this is now a Greg Bird podcast. I also really like Greg Bird because he has a weird cat, a weird-looking cat. It's hairless, and he really loves it, like, a lot. <laughs> there were so many stories written about this, and, like, in the time that he was, you know, looking to come back from his injury, he was just getting through it by spending time with his cat. <laughs> that was, like, the silver lining of being hurt for all of 2017 was that he could hang out with his cat more. That's the. That's why I chose him. I'm just going to pull the curtain back a little bit and tell you that's why I chose Greg Bird, because he's an animal lover. But no, he's going to hit. With a short porch in right field, he's going to hit like 40 home runs this year. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we now have the return, the beloved return. We talked about it a little bit, about the prospect of him coming back, but it is real. It is happening. Ladies and gentlemen, the freak is back in baseball. Tim Lincecum signed with the Rangers, and... He's like their best reliever now? And is going to compete for the closer job? <laughs> I am all here for this. <clears throat> Maybe this says more about the Rangers in 2018 than it does about Tim Linscombe, but, you know, we need something interesting on that team that isn't Joey Gallo striking out or hitting a home run every time. Yeah, their offense, really interesting. Lots of fun guys, right? Andres, uh, Odor, Profar is still on the team, uh, Beltre, yeah, Gallo, Mazzara, and then their pitchers are like everyone who was good. Six years ago. <laughs> yeah, they have Cole Hamels pitching, too. He was good six years ago. Yep. Bartolo. Did you see that Cole Hamels said when a reporter like posed the idea that the Rangers might be going with a six-man rotation, Cole Hamels said, quote, that's not baseball? Oh. Oh, it's not It's not baseball. baseball. It's never been done before. Yeah, that's actually true. It's not. Yeah, they're, just, uh, they're playing basketball now. <laughs> uh, there's a six-man rotation. It's just a completely different sport. Well, yeah. I mean, what do you do when there's a six-man rotation? You don't go out and throw the ball. No. Like, you're doing something completely different. <laughs> this is a stupid bit. But either way, that's a dumb comment. It's not baseball. Protecting our arms. Protecting the arms of, like, old, washed pitchers. It's not baseball, <laughs> man. I'd rather just have nobody's come in after you guys all get hurt. But, yeah. Anyway. Six-man rotation. Still baseball. That's like saying a platoon at catcher. It's not catcher anymore. <laughs> uh. Before we move on from spring training, you mentioned kind of being 
uh, a little having your emotions all over the place with the Mets right now. Yeah. Yeah, A's rotation. Not looking great right now. Nope. They are not very good. <laughs> I am worried. Kendall Graveman, number one starter, has given up a lot of runs. <laughs> he is going to be our opening day starter, but um, yeah, things are not great right now. That's okay. Help is on the way <laughs> in, the na- <laughs> in the form of a guy named AJ Puck, who I have gotten at least a thousand notifications about in this offseason. AJ Puck, he's on the way. He's the next big guy. He's the next one. Whatever, man. I'm excited. I'm excited too. I just like, I know this. I feel like I know this guy at an intimate level. I know. <laughs> AJ Puck ate cereal this morning. <laughs> Here's a column. <laughs> I mean, I guess when you're an A's MLB.com B reporter, what else is there really to write about what pitching? Else are you writing about in like March? Yeah. I mean, you can only say Matt and Matt so many times. Yeah. Also, he's been the A's best starter this spring. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to see him this year, and I'm very excited. Yeah, so suffice to say, spring training's here. Games being played. We are excited. Uh, moving on from that, we have, obviously, our favorite beat on this podcast, Derek Jeter and the <laughs> Miami Marlins. <laughs> uh, there was a story that came out uh, in Yahoo Sports about how <laughs> Derek Jeter really does not like the Marlin sculpture in center field, which also, I didn't know that it had a name, but it's called Homer. Um, and it is the massive piece, work of art in center that features lots of colors, flamingos, uh, palm trees, uh, Marlins, and you know it lights up and moves and does lots of things whenever someone hits a home run. And Derek Jeter, not a fan. <laughs> In the USA Today article about this same topic, uh, it says, what's Jeter's opinion of the 73-foot-tall artwork? Quote, it's big, he said. It's big. It's big. (laughs) Does he like it? Quote, it's unique. (laughs) Uh, Respect. He will never say a negative word. He just won't say it out loud. He'll try to spin everything into being positive. It's unique. (laughs) Yeah, and so the story is that like Jeter doesn't like it and would get rid of it, but because the ballpark and the sculpture are owned by the county, it's here to stay, man. It's yeah. not going anywhere. It's like a public art like yeah. concern now, which is cool. And you know what? I'm fine with it. Like the sculpture gets a lot of flack for being like like a lot of people call it ugly and <laughs> fine. That's an opinion that you're allowed to have. But it is unique. And we've talked a bit on this podcast about ballparks like kind of being unique. And this is something that makes Miami's ballpark unique. What other ballpark has this sort of thing? Like the Yankees tried to add their own, I don't know, flair by doing having like whatever the judges' quarters or whatever thing that they did, you know? Yeah, judges' chambers. Judges' chambers. Where Ruth Bader Ginsburg sat. Yeah. And, and wore it, an Aaron Judge jersey. And it's dumb because like they just put like a little box there and they were like, this is fun. We're at Yankee Stadium's exciting. <laughs> Pay for a gavel. Oh my God. $28. So dumb. You could do it in two payments. Fourteen ninety nine. <laughs> Whether you love or hate the sculpture, it adds a lot of character to a ballpark that really, like, again, no other ballpark has this sort of thing. And it's unique, and it's it's quirky, and it's fun. And so, actually, I like it. Also, well, yeah. Also, if we're being honest, like, it makes sense there. There's a part in the USA Today article that says it's like pop art, basically, and it represents the city in a way that most stadiums really don't or don't try to that hard. And guess what? Residents of Miami paid for the stadium. The art is made by someone who made it for to be a public sculpture. So guess what? It should just stay there. Yeah. We talked a bit with like Mina Kimes, 
um, on the last episode about baseball, how, like how can MLB reimagine itself and make it fun? And like this is step one is actually doing something that's like weird and unique. Yeah, right? trying when, something. When someone hits a home run, have this thing light up and do really crazy dumb things because people. I don't know. It gets people excited. Rather yeah, than rather. I might love it if I was a Marlins fan. Like, there's a quote from Brad Ziegler, who is like, I don't know, probably the Marlins ace at this point, he, talking about how his kids love it. He says they're two and three. They always like seeing the Marlins go flying when Mr. Giancarlo and Mr. Christian and Mr. Marcel would hit home runs. First of all, that's like a double-edged sword of a quote right there. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Giancarlo, Mr. Marcel, and Mr. Christian. <laughs> all gone. My dude Brad Ziegler was throwing out those fucking daggers. <laughs> Either way, though, that's, that's really, I mean, I love the apple. Like with my heart and soul, and it makes so much sense in New York. And maybe this is what makes sense for the Marlins, if we're being honest. This huge eyesore of a thing for this huge eyesore of a team that's always flagrant and always out there and always apparent. Um, I don't know. So I guess it makes sense. Zach Wheeler, ever the great quote, said, It's a wild stadium, and that thing is pretty wild, so why not? <laughs> you know what? I can't argue with that. <laughs> Who can? All right. When we come back, we have a uh, couple, I don't know, interesting takes to uh, to talk about. Make me believe in you. Show me your love can be true. Do anything you want me to do. Make me believe in you. Keep in filled with all your temptations. So if you are a longtime listener of this podcast, you know that one of our favorite talking points is dumb baseball things, dumb regressive baseball things. And uh, and lo and behold, this was a great week for that because we got two stories from the Atlanta Braves and the Philadelphia Phillies about why we need to make baseball great again or something like that. MABA. <laughs> and so the two stories I'm referring to are, there was one that came out of the Phillies clubhouse about how the assistant pitching coach, Rick Kranitz, showed up one day with like a little toy bus, and he dubbed it the sensitive bus, and it's something that is bestowed upon a pitcher if like he is just deemed as being too sensitive about something. Like They all rib each other in the clubhouse, but if one guy, I don't know, takes something too hard or whatever, then he, you know, he gets, you get the bus put in your locker, and you don't want to have the sensitive bus. His quote is like, you know, sometimes guys get a little sensitive about things. They start jabbing each other a little, getting under each other's skin. It doesn't even have to be about baseball. You have to have tough skin. The boys, they don't ever want the bus in their locker. And my response to this is like, are you kidding me? Like, this is like Siri to find toxic masculinity. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life, and I'm not surprised that it's happening under Gabe Kapler. <laughs> if you've ever seen the dude, <laughs> he looks like he should be in a crime-fighting shirtless movie or whatever the hell. Yeah. Like, I don't know how many times we can say this on this podcast, how many times we can scream it into a microphone. This is not, there's no correlation between being masculine and being good at baseball. Yeah. It's just not a thing. It was made up by people so that coaches could continue to exert power over players and they could continue to try to play these mental mind war games that they want to play because they think because they're baseball players they get to act like they're like at war it's stupid and and fernando talked about it in firsthand experience how he had a coach like basically come after him and tell him that he was soft and try to get under his skin and he was was a columbia boy and so he just wanted to test him and see how far he could go that's it's so dumb it's so dumb 
in the year 2018, we are still quibbling over how sensitive people are in the clubhouse. Guess what? Everyone, they're all people. Just because they're baseball players and they get paid a lot of money to play a game that you played when you were a kid doesn't mean that they're not allowed to just be normal people and be sensitive and come to work sensitive and cranky some days. Yeah. This is in the playoffs last year. There was that story. I think it was like the the Nationals were like playing the Cubs, I think. And Steven Strasburg was sick and like was going to miss his start or something like that. Yeah. And people got really upset and they were like, well, you know, he really has to. He's the number one starter and it's the playoffs. He has to tough this one out. Yeah, and man just up. Like, yeah, man up. Like you're, you're not that sick. Like don't be, don't be a wuss. And it's like, oh my God. It just frustrates me, man. Yeah, if you want to read the ultimate takedown of that kind of thinking, go back and search for Michael Bauman's article from when that happened, when Strasburg was like sick and might might have not pitched. He ended up pitching, and he yeah. was great. But Michael Bauman, there was like rumors ahead of time, and Michael Bauman was like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen, and he just absolutely ripped it to shreds. And I recommend reading that article, because I remember reading it and being like, retweet after every single line. Um, but yeah, there was, what was the other story? The other one, uh, equally as dumb. Equally as dumb, but in in a different way. We uh, we've we where don't... one was, <laughs> where one was pretty sexist and toxically masculine. This one's just racist. <laughs> yeah. So baseball. There is a story about Ronald Acuna, who is the arguably the top prospect in baseball, depending on whether or not you think Otani is a prospect or not. Whatever. Um, he's not. The Acuna... answer is he's not. He's just an MLB player. Uh, Acuna, top prospect in baseball, center fielder for the Braves, real fun, already making highlight real plays. Hit a home run in his first spring training game. Yes. Um, but apparently he is just a little too flamboyant for some people. And so there was an article in MLB.com about how Andrew Jones is like trying to teach him uh, how to respect the game more. I mean, this is like— The Braves way. Yeah, this is a, a label that I think has kind of dogged him— dogged Acuna for a while where he's like you know he's not always focused and the mental aspect isn't always there and so um Andrew Jones has a quote where he's like you got to be cocky to play this game you've got to be confident in yourself to go out and show you belong there you don't want to sit in the corner and put your head down every time you want to stand out there and show you belong in in that league at that time cocky is a good thing but respecting the game is also very important and part of it stems from Part of it stems from how Acuna wears his hat. Acuna has his hat off to the side, and that, folks, is just unacceptable. And it's That's like just, not pulled down far enough for that, them. That is just not how you play the game. That's so true. Like Cole Hamill said, that's not baseball. Oh, my God. This is the stupidest thing ever. This is so dumb. Because it's like, okay, on one end of the spectrum, we have Gabe Kapler and whatever the assistant coach for the Phillies' name was being like, you know— ex-pitcher is just too sensitive today he's just sitting there in his feelings at his locker and then we have Acuna who plays the game with a lot of confidence cockiness at times which is fine and just a lot of flair to his game similar to the way that Javi Baez plays and there's obviously a racial aspect to these criticisms he's lazy he's he doesn't play the game the right way these are just dog whistles for people who are like we don't want people from South America coming in and taking, you know, little Johnny's spot on the team. It's just like, come on, dude. He's the best prospect in baseball. Get over it. He doesn't need to play, quote, Braves baseball. Guess what Braves baseball is? Haven't been good since 1998. That's what Braves baseball is, okay? If you want to play Braves baseball, why don't you let Acuna just play the way he wants to, and then you'll be good again. That's Braves baseball. You have a lot of really good young players. Many of them, or at least some of them, 
are from South America and are Spanish speaking and are darker skinned than your four aces from the 90s. It's not going to be the way that it was. Just get over it. Like he can play however he wants. He's good. He's your best player probably. Yeah, this Sorry, but like this makes baseball more fun. Sorry, Goose Gossage, that you're not into this sort of thing. Go back to 1960. Like, I don't get it. it. Just don't watch then. If it really bothers these people that much, don't watch. Just watch your old. Just watch your old highlights. This is what baseball is now, and this is what it's going to be, and this it's way what, more this fun. It, this is what it should be. Like, the, you know, we we had the bad take reading about Yasiel Puig too, right? And that he is too like out there, and he needs to put his head down more. And it's like this yeah. is the same shit. Like, it's just the same stuff, and it only gets directed at these people. When was the last time you saw? I don't, I don't even. I can't even think of an example for a white player getting this kind of criticism. I guess Matt Harvey, but he earned it. Yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs> He earned it, and he plays in New York, so it's a little bit different. Yeah, he was just being stupid. Yeah. Yeah, well, and it, it speaks to who, again, like who the most fun players in the league are right now, right? Guys like Puig, guys like Acuna, guys like Adrian Beltre, who play the game with character. And actually Lindor, sh- and Correa, actually, Altuve. And show that like, they're, having a bit, they're having fun with the game. And like all the white guys who have been conditioned, like uh, Fernando was talking about, to just be like, you know, keep your head down, like have a thick skin, uh, you know, just wear your hat straight and and be humble. And it's really obnoxious. Just put your lip in and go out there and just be a man. Yeah, exactly. Don't like when you hit a home run, don't flip your bat. Just run to first base with your head down. You know, uh, like Bryce Harper has maybe is maybe the player I think of who has gotten that label a little bit. But. Yeah, I I guess you're right. He has gotten that label a little bit for being, you know, flipping his bat and being kind of overdramatic with his hair and whatnot and his hat falling off and that kind of thing. But name me someone who thinks that that affects Bryce Harper's play because this Braves executive who's the player is helping his own team is worried that it might negatively affect the way that Ronald Acuna plays. And obviously Acuna is not as proven as a guy like Bryce Harper, but Bryce Harper was like the savior of baseball. Nobody's labeled no, no one is labeling Ronald Acuna the savior of baseball even though you know similar prospect type coming up at a similar age I mean Harper was a little bit younger I'm not saying Acuna is going to be Harper but yeah and the way this article (laughs) approaches it frankly is a little shameful too because it's like you know Acuna needs to focus on the finer points of the game and understand like how his actions might be interpreted by veteran teammates and opponents it's like come on this is yeah this is I mean, it's an argument against bringing him up, too, and manipulating his service time, which is dumb. Uh, and then the article goes on to basically talk about how the Braves want him to act. And it's, the Braves want him to wear his hat straight and maintain a professional appearance while in uniform. However, they don't want to change much about the fun-loving, flamboyant approach that has made him one of the game's most exciting young players. Sorry, you can't have both. Like, you can't have it both ways. They're basically you- just being like, be Aaron Judge. Yeah. Just be this really charismatic, really nice looking guy, cute, great smile, really good baseball player, and every time you hit a home run, just sprint around the bases and don't celebrate it. Well, guess what? Not everyone is Aaron Judge. Not everyone needs to be Aaron Judge. We can have different types of fun baseball players. The reason that you're worried about your league being as popular as other leagues is because you're only allowing for one kind of popular baseball player. The one who, you know, buttons the top button and, you know, plays the game the right way. That's the reason that a lot of your superstars are not getting the superstardom that LeBron James is getting or, you know, Steph Curry or whatever from the NBA. It's so exhausting. Yeah, 
it's if his attitude starts affecting his on-field performance or something like that, fine. We can have a conversation about it. But, like, again, he's the top prospect in baseball. He just had one of the best minor league seasons of all time. And he stole, he had one of the best minor league power seasons of all time. And he stole over 40 bases last year. So it's not, it's not affecting the way he's playing. So let's not make it into a bigger thing than it needs to be. Just enough with this. Ronald Acuna is fun. I can't wait to watch him play baseball. I hope he gets traded to a team that will let him play the right way, the way that he wants to play. We have important news with our boy, and you're going to give it to us. Timothy Richard is back at it again, hitting cleanup in spring trading for the New York Mets. What a story. 30 years old, just living his life. You're shaking your head, but you're happy on the inside. I can see it. I'm just, did you see the ESPN tweet where they were like, all this stuff has got us wondering, and then ellipses, and it was a photo of... Uh, Tim Tebow in the Mets uniform and Russell Wilson in the Yankees uniform. I did it was see like that. Subway Series, and I'm like, we this has gone too far. This <laughs> that is, was I'm, it. I'm sorry. ESPN ruined it. ESPN did ruin it. ESPN made it way too mainstream. <laughs> we were on that. We were on that in a you know like a Philadelphia basement punk concert. <laughs> we were waving the Tim Tebow banner forever. But yeah, you're right. The Subway Series with Tebow and Russell Wilson starring in it. Uh, that was too much. You were right. But, you know, just block ESPN on Twitter. It's fine. (laughs) The important thing here is that Max Scherzer basically said, I'm not dealing with this Tim Tebow shit. And he threw him three straight strikes right down the middle. And Tebow struck out in 40, like 49 seconds, I think it was. Yeah. It was like swinging strike, looking strike, swinging strike. (laughs) And he went right back to the dugout. It was beautiful. Max Scherzer was like, oh, you want pace of play? (laughs) I got you. (laughs) Any other highlights? He got a single in that game, I think. What are the chances, realistically, that Tim Tebow is coming up this year? This year? Yes. Uh, and how many more years is he going to go at? Like, how many more years is he going to give this? I don't know. He's going to be 31 next year. Yeah. He's I got mean, a life to live. He's got an ESPN network to dominate. I mean, I think that the Mets will call him up if they're in last place. If we're being honest, like, they have shown that they are not shy about going for the cash grab. So if they're in last place in August... Or, you know, September rolls around and they've got September call-ups and they're like, we'll put Tebow on the 40-man. Why not, right? Because you'd go to that game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think a We've lot talked of, about that before. I think a lot of people would go to that game. It's a, like it's a circus. And this whole thing that we do, this Tebow power hour, Tebow mania, like it started out as a bit, but it's actually pretty entertaining. I mean, like bits that we keep going could be entertaining. They don't, these two <laughs> things are not mutually exclusive. <laughs> Like, I would go see him. I'm interested in watching him take batting practice. I'm just, like, fascinated by the whole thing, man. Like, I think it's kind of it's kind of a pretty ridiculous charade that this whole thing is happening. And the Russell Wilson thing, too. But, you know. Listen, I guess, I guess Wilson was, didn't look terrible. Yeah. He was way late. I mean, his bat speed is not there. But in the plate appearance that he got, he pinch hit for uh, Aaron Judge. I mean, Russell Wilson has not taken a professional at bat since 2011. And he still saw, like, six pitches. And got two decent swings. He fouled one straight back on the first pitch. So, like, I mean, he wasn't facing Andrew Miller, but <laughs> it's spring trading against, I forget who is who, I think it was our boy, Daniel Norris, who was pitching to him, which is just so funny. So many things intersecting for us. 
but yeah, I mean, all I'm saying is I'd go watch Tebow take batting practice. I I ate that tweet up the uh, the Anthony DeComo tweet about him hitting two sheds out there in right field. <laughs> <laughs> it's like why are there so many sheds? But anyway, yeah, I shamefully probably would too if we're being honest. We're the problem. Yeah, we are. <laughs> <laughs> we're having a moment of reckoning right now. <laughs> Uh, before we go, actually, there was one thing I forgot to mention about spring training, and no one listens this far into the episode anyway, so it'll probably get buried. But uh, did you see that the Nationals brought camels into camp because, quote, they wanted to get over the hump from the playoffs? <laughs> Three camels in spring training camp. I respect it. They got to try anything, man. They got some bad juju in their corner. I mean, this is like some Joe Madden level stuff, right? How he brings like a magician into the clubhouse <laughs> to get people hyped up. Or it something. works. It worked for Joe Madden. Yeah, you know what? Why not? Safe to uh, suffice to say that this is not something that Dusty Baker would have tried. <laughs> Dusty Baker would be like, "What the hell is going on out here?" <laughs> and I love Dusty, but like he would probably not see any use for camels. And in that sense, that's why I prefer Dave Martinez. Just gonna say, <laughs> if this works, if this works. The bets are bringing in camels next year. This article is so weird. This is like, also apparently Ryan Madsen, who's a reliever for the Nationals, like there's a camel named Hoover who lives near his home and they go on bike rides to like visit the camel. And he what says, is, wait, what is going on? I need to stop you. Wait, this seems like a kid's book. I'm just confused. <laughs> Once upon a time, there was a baseball player. Down the street lived a camel named Hoover. What the hell is going on? Yeah, man, spring training's weird. Let's be real. <laughs> I am I'm, I'm watching like college baseball now just because spring training is like like after the 4th inning, it's pretty unwatchable and it's really unwatchable. You're like watching the 4th string catcher <laughs> for like a last place team. <laughs> I love baseball, but I don't love baseball that much. <laughs> you remember when remember when Cespedes brought all those weird cars? Yep. The Nats were like, all right, we got you got cars, we got camels. He he rode in on a horse. You remember that? Yeah. Oh, he owns horses. <laughs> yeah. Can we count this? I wrote a story one time called uh, like Pets of the Mets, and it was all of the all of the pets that Mets players had posted about on their social media. Do you think this would count for the Nationals? Does this count as their pets, the team pets? You know what? Why not? How do you even go about that? Where do you get camels? Can we get camels in the studio? Like Yeah, true. How do you rent a camel? <laughs> Who from the Nationals like PR department did they have to reach out to? And the the PR person was like, "You want camels? You want real life camels? <laughs> you don't want like a life size photo? You don't want a, like a whatever it's called a fat head of a camel? You want a real living camel spitting at the players? <laughs> you want to risk Bryce Harper getting his eye put out by a camel? God, they're in Florida too. Where do you are there camels in Florida? Bring an alligator. That's wild. <laughs> Shout out to the first episode of Atlanta. Did you watch that yet? <laughs> All right, we need to stop this. This is mayhem. Yeah. Spring training is weird, but we're ready. Yeah, we're ready. I'm ready for the season. Yeah, me too. I'm excited that everyone's starting on the same day this year. I'm really excited for that. I want to go. Yeah. It's going to be right near my birthday. That's, if anyone sh- listening wants to send me some ticks, down. <laughs> this should be a holiday, honestly. I think it's like, what, a spring training? is like a, a opening day is like a Thursday, right? You're I, not going to class. I'm not going, I'm not going to class. No, you're staying at home with unemployed me and we're watching <laughs> yeah, it all day. We <laughs> have like five screens up. <laughs> all right. Um, thank you for listening. If you listen to this, 
uh, keep an eye out for the next couple episodes. Uh, they should be good. And if you have missed... As opposed to the other episodes that we do, which are usually bad. <laughs> if you missed the last couple episodes, they were especially good. So check them out. We had Mina Kimes and we had Aaron Dolan on the last two episodes that we put out. And we loved talking to both of them. Yeah. Questions, comments, concerns. TippingPitchesPod at gmail.com. Tipping underscore pitches on Twitter. And uh, yeah. Please, please rate, subscribe, share with your friends. Trying to up that uh, up that iTunes presence. We're up to like 12 five-star ratings right now. Dang. Yeah. That's pretty good. Dang. <laughs> Keeping it PG in the Dang, outro. Man. <laughs> Golly. That <laughs> is wild. If you see any MLB team bringing in an animal weirder than camels, please alert us immediately. Yeah. We have like three beats, and it's like... <laughs> Tebow, bad takes, and animals. Yep. Those are our corners, and we own them. Pretty much. And, uh, and baseball should be basketball. <laughs> <laughs> These are the facts. All right. <laughs> thanks for listening. This has been Tipping Pitches. I'm Bobby Wagner. I'm Alex Baisley. We'll see you next week. Ranty. But it made sense. I always enjoy when we do our our like old man rants at old, old man at rants. Old man, rants. <laughs> man screams at man screaming at cloud. <laughs>